Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of 32-year-old Nicole Fitz and her two-year-old daughter, Ariana Fitz. On April 1st, 2016, Nicole disappeared from San Francisco, California. Nicole's family reported her and Ariana missing days later when no one had spoken to Nicole. On the night Nicole was last seen, she went to meet an unknown person at a local restaurant, but no one ever saw Nicole again. Seven days later, her body was found in a park buried in a shallow grave. But Ariana has never been located. Five years later, Ariana is still missing, and Nicole's murder remains unsolved. This is Nicole and Ariana's story. The story of what happened to Nicole and Ariana Fitz is a story that is almost unbelievable. The circumstances around the murder of Nicole and the disappearance of her daughter are really shocking, but what's even more shocking is that the crimes are still unsolved. Nicole was a mother who struggled with poverty in the richest country in the world, in the richest state in that country. Nicole found herself like millions of Americans struggling to make ends meet. Those of us who have never experienced poverty can't really imagine the circumstances that poverty places a person in. They're often left with making decisions that we can never understand. And if you add children to that equation, for a parent, it means that every decision that they make also affects their children. Income inequality is a real thing in this country. Too many people are struggling. And this was before COVID came in and made everything 100 times worse. Finding a job that pays enough money to pay rent, bills, and childcare is almost impossible, even under the best circumstances. Even with two incomes, it's tough. Working minimum wage and trying to support a family alone leaves many people, particularly women of color, in desperate situations. Nicole Fitz grew up in Culver City, California. She was the middle daughter of three sisters who were raised by their single mother. In a report by SF Weekly in 2018, Nicole's sister said that Nicole had always wanted to help people from a very young age. Her sister said that Nicole was a good student, always the teacher's pet. Nicole dreamed of being a teacher herself. Nicole, Nikki for short, seemed to be on her way to having a very successful life, according to Nicole's sister, Contessa, who goes by Tess for short. 
She said that at age 15, Nicole volunteered at a local rec center in Culver City and had received an award for her work at the center in 1999. Nicole's desire to care for people and help them poured over into all parts of her life. Tess said that Nicole was very sensitive to others' needs. However, when Nicole and her sisters were just teenagers, their mother died and the sisters were split up. Each sister went to live with different guardians, but according to the reports in the SF Weekly, the three sisters remained close. In 2012, Nicole and her sister Tess and her sister's girlfriend Claire moved into an apartment in Pacifica, California, which is close to San Francisco, but a little bit more affordable. By this time, Nicole had given birth to her first daughter, who she had named Cindy. The foursome settled into their apartment, but despite the three incomes, the cost of living found them living paycheck to paycheck, and maintaining the apartment soon became too much for them all to handle. They eventually decided to move out of the apartment. Tess and Claire decided to move to Santa Cruz, an area which is about an hour and 20 minutes from San Francisco. But Nicole decided that she wanted to stay closer to San Francisco, and so she decided that she would stay in the area with her daughter. But Nicole was also pregnant with Ariana at the time, and so I'm not sure if that had anything to do with her decision to stay near San Francisco. But the decision to stay, however, led Nicole to becoming homeless. And so while she was pregnant, her and her oldest daughter moved into a women's shelter. Eventually, because of her living situation, Nicole's oldest daughter went to live with her father, who was living in Southern California at the time. Living in a shelter is not the ideal situation for a child, but even still, I'm sure the decision to give up custody of her daughter had to have been a very difficult decision for Nicole. By all accounts, Nicole was a loving, caring mother who was devoted to her children. Her struggles financially had not stopped her from being the best mother that she could be. While living at the shelter, Nicole met a woman named Lemisani Briggs. Lemisani describes herself as a street preacher and evangelist. It's not clear whether Lemisani worked at the shelter or was a volunteer there, but she quickly took a liking to the young mother and offered Nicole a place to stay in exchange for rent. It's not clear when Nicole moved in with Lemisani, but we do know that she gave birth to Ariana on September 6, 2013. So I don't know if Nicole was living with Lemisani at the time or if she moved in after she gave birth to Ariana. But Nicole did take Lemisani up on her offer and moved into her home. According to Tess, at first, everything seemed fine. Nicole had started working at Best Buy, and Lemisani was babysitting Ariana so Nicole could work. Nicole had been struggling with housing and employment the past few years and was very happy to just have some semblance of stability. I'm sure she believed that living with Lemisani would be a great opportunity for her to be able to catch up so that she could get back on her feet and so that she could get her oldest daughter back. But the good thing really didn't last very long. And after a few months, Nicole was starting to feel like Lemisani was taking advantage of her. The price Lemisani had been charging her for caring for Ariana was going up higher and higher. And so Nicole made the decision to have Lemisani stop watching Ariana. That had gotten too much for Nicole to deal with. And so she decided to make different arrangements for childcare for Ariana. Now, Nicole had been letting Tess, you know, in on some of the things that had been going on with Lemonsani, and her sister was concerned. She knew that Nicole didn't have a lot of money, and so the idea that someone who was supposed to be helping her would be taking advantage of her was unsettling. Nicole, however, did not have many options, and so 
To eliminate some of the back and forth, she decided to ask Lemonsani's nieces, Helena and Solio, if they could watch Ariana while she worked, and they agreed. Helena was the primary sister, and Solia would step in if Helena couldn't do it. Tess said that she told Nicole that she didn't think that this babysitting situation was a good idea either, and she asked her sister to find someone else who isn't related to Lemonsani. But according to Tess, Nicole didn't share her concerns. She told Tess that the two women, Helena and Solio, didn't get along with Lemonsani, and so she wasn't really worried about them talking to Lemonsani about what was going on. Now, there's no information about how Nicole had met Helena and Solio, you know, especially considering she's saying that they didn't have a good relationship with their aunt. But she knew them and she at least felt comfortable enough to let them watch her daughter. But Nicole didn't have a lot of options, and so they may have just been her only other option. Lemonsani, however, was not happy about Nicole's decision to take Ariana to another babysitter. And the situation went from bad to worse. Lemonsani raised Nicole's rent in retaliation for her changing Ariana's childcare. Nicole had only been working at Best Buy part-time, and so the little income she did have was going all to Lemonsani. The situation was toxic, to say the least. Nicole didn't even have a key to the house. Despite the fact that she had paid rent, Lemonsani had never given her a key, and so Nicole could only get into the house if someone was home. Nicole was in her 30s, and she paid rent, and Lemonzani wouldn't even give her a key to the house. Now, Tess said eventually Nicole started to tell her more and more about the nightmare the situation had quickly become. Tess said Nicole started sending her text messages that had been sent to her by Lemonzani, where the street pastor was calling Nicole all kinds of vile names. Nicole said that one of the messages referenced a guy she had been dating and that Lemonsani would have only known about that by reading a journal that Nicole kept on her computer. It was clear to Nicole that Lemonsani had been violating her privacy and going through her personal things. An arrangement that was supposed to be good for Nicole and Ariana was now abusive and scary. Lemonsani was supposed to be helping Nicole so she could get some stability in her life. She didn't need a mom. She needed a friend. The situation eventually became too uncomfortable for Nicole, and so she no longer felt safe living with Lemonsani and with her daughter being there. Nicole had had enough, and so she decided that she was going to call her sister Tess to come and pick her up and her daughter from Lemonsani's house. And so at the end of November 2015, Tess and Claire drove to San Francisco to get Nicole and Ariana. Tess said that they asked the San Francisco PD to meet them at the home in case things had gotten out of hand because Lemonsani's behavior had just become extremely erratic. Now, Nicole and Ariana were able to move out without any incident, but Lemonsani continued to harass Nicole. According to Tess, Lemonsani was texting Nicole telling her to bring her baby back. Now, that is scary. I mean, bring her baby back? It was clear that Nicole had made the right decision by getting away from Lemonsani. But moving to Santa Cruz posed a whole new set of difficult circumstances for Nicole. Her job at Best Buy was in San Francisco, and Nicole was commuting back and forth two hours for work. It was difficult for Nicole, and she was trying to save up money so she could get her own place. She also had to leave behind a lot of things when she left Lemonsani's home, and so she was also working towards replacing them. The situation wasn't ideal, but Nicole was making it work. 
she had friends at work who would allow her to stay overnight when she had to work late. And Helena and Solio, who both lived in Oakland, would watch Ariana overnight if Nicole needed it, which ended up being a lot. Nicole had not been dealt an easy hand, and despite her fight, she was really never able to get her head above water. Nicole never struggled with drugs or alcohol, so that never contributed to her challenges. She was just living in a place that was too expensive, and she was never able to find a job that would pay her enough money to live comfortably. And then came another hurdle. Nicole's oldest daughter was removed from her father by Child Protective Services, and she was placed in foster care. Now, it's not clear what the circumstances were around CPS taking her daughter from her father, but Nicole was trying to fight to get her daughter back. I mean, imagine the nightmare that Nicole was living. She had given her daughter to her father because she wasn't able to give her a stable living environment. And then CPS came and removed the child from his home, and now she has to fight the system to try to get her daughter back. But according to Tess, Nicole was trying to fight to get her daughter back, and she had been traveling to L.A. constantly for court hearings. Nicole had become transitionally homeless, which is the most common form of homelessness. People who are transitionally homeless or unhoused are people that often end up in shelters for short periods of time and live with family and friends in temporary situations. They usually are moving quite frequently and are, are only able to find temporary living accommodations. Ariana had been spending more and more time with Helena and Solio because of Nicole's schedule, and Nicole was barely able to find time to see Ariana. And at first, like with Lemonsani, the sisters keeping Ariana seemed like a godsend. And that was until things started getting weird. In the months following Nicole moving out of Lemonsani's home, things had been really rough for Nicole. She had been sleeping on friends' couches and working double shifts to save up money. But things started to look up in March 2016 when a coworker of Nicole's asked her if she wanted to move in with her. Nicole was so happy. Her coworker lived close to the job, and she would be able to finally get Ariana back full time. Nicole, who had nowhere to go, immediately moved in and began getting the new home ready for Ariana. She even bought Ariana a new toddler bed and gifts for when she came home. Nicole began reaching out to Helena and Solio to make arrangements to pick Ariana up. But according to Tess, the sisters were reluctant to give Nicole her daughter back. In mid-March 2016, Nicole moved into the apartment with her coworker, and Nicole called Helena to make arrangements to pick her daughter up. But when Nicole tried to pick Ariana up, she was told that Helena and Solio had taken Ariana to Disneyland without Nicole's permission. Now, Nicole was livid, and Helena and Solio Taking her daughter on vacation without her knowledge was really the last straw for her. Nicole told them that she was going to pick up her daughter on April 3rd. No excuses. But no one close to Nicole knew how much of a nightmare their lives were about to become. Hello, listeners. By now, you've probably seen about a thousand gift guides for the holiday season. Gifts for mom, gifts for guys, gifts for your neighbor's cousin's dog. You can study all those gift guides and shop at 10 different places, or you can start shopping at Raycon and get a gift everyone will use. Raycon wireless earbuds. So I know how difficult it can be to find the perfect gift, especially this holiday season. And that's why Raycons are really the perfect gift. You can get a pair for everyone on your list. And instead of getting them something that they will never use, 
you can get them something that they will use all day, every day. Raycons give you amazing audio quality wherever you go, whether you use them to pump up, wind down, to work, or work out. They'd be useful for anyone on your list. Even better for you, they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. With their latest model, you can get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. Pure mode is great for podcast listening, blues, and instrumental. Balance mode is also great for podcast listening, rock, heavy rock, and metal. Bass mode is great for hip-hop, EDM, and reggae. Raycons are available in five stylish colors, so you can pick a perfect one for everyone on your list. With free shipping and returns, gifting is easier than ever. The holidays are coming up faster than you think. Now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last-minute shipping scramble, especially because right now, my listeners will get 15% off site-wide with the code HOLIDAY at Raycon.com slash GirlGone. Go to buyraycon.com slash GirlGone and use code HOLIDAY today to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash GirlGone. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The holidays can be hectic, but HelloFresh keeps things simple with recipes that cut back on meal prep and cleanup so you can spend less time in the kitchen and more quality time with friends and family. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep within a week, so you get the convenience without skipping on the quality. Plus, skip trips to the grocery store and avoid the long holiday lines. HelloFresh's meals are ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, with their quick and easy meals, 20-minute recipes, or low prep and easy cleanup options, you can get food on the table quicker so you can spend more holiday time with loved ones. Recipes like balsamic and fig beef tenderloin or pecan-crusted salmon make holiday meals feel special without the high cost of dining out or delivery. Or go for a cozy comfort food like chicken sausage and sweet potato soup for a cold winter night. Now, I think I've said it more than once that grocery shopping is my least favorite kind of shopping. And it's not just the grocery shopping, it's also the whole trying to come up with something delicious and easy for dinner. So HelloFresh has been a lifesaver. And honestly, if you haven't tried it yet, you are very much missing out. The food is so delicious and the recipes are easy to follow and prepare. Trust me, you have to try HelloFresh today. Just don't blame me when you become addicted. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GirlGone14 and use code GirlGone14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash GirlGone14 and use code GirlGone14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. Gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual didn't just stop there. They invested in a gold standard, university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. The results? 
Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase the vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash girlgone and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash girlgone. In March 2016, Nicole Fitz had finally gotten some good news. After couch searching for months in order to keep her job, Nicole's co-worker had asked her and her two-year-old daughter, Ariana, to move in with her. Nicole was so happy. The past several years had been very difficult for Nicole, and she really wanted to take care of her daughters and give them a good life. But the women who Nicole had entrusted to take care of her daughter were acting like they did not want to give Ariana back to her mother. They had taken Ariana to Disneyland without Nicole's permission, and Nicole had had enough. She had told Helena and Celia that she was going to pick up her daughter on April the 3rd. Now, Nicole's sister and her girlfriend had not seen Ariana since February, and they weren't fully aware of what was going on with Nicole, but the situation had gotten out of hand. But Nicole was planning to get Ariana back, and so that was her focus. On April 1st, 2016, Nicole had made plans to hang out with Claire, who was coming into town for a job interview. Nicole had worked that day, and so she was planning to meet Claire afterwards. However, Claire ended up having to cancel, and so Nicole decided that she was going to hang out with a friend and a co-worker named Michael. Michael was starting a new job, and so the two went to the mall to shop for new clothes. Michael said that after they left the mall, Nicole wanted to stop and get some pizza for her and her roommate. Michael said they also stopped at a 7-Eleven so that she could use the ATM, and Nicole withdrew several hundred dollars at the ATM, but Michael didn't know what the money was for. He said he dropped Nicole off at her home, and according to her roommate, she and Nicole sat there and ate pizza and watched a movie. According to Nicole's roommate, while they were watching the movie, Nicole received a phone call. Nicole told her roommate that she was going to meet someone at a nearby restaurant and that she would be right back to finish the movie. But Nicole didn't come back that night. When her roommate woke up the next morning, she discovered that Nicole wasn't home and that she had never come back after going to meet whoever she did that night before. And when she checked her phone, she had a weird message from Nicole. The message said that she was going to Fresno with a friend named Sam. According to her roommate, this was hella strange because she didn't know Nicole knew anybody named Sam. And so this just really didn't make any sense for her to have suddenly decided that she was going to go to Fresno with him. Now, her roommate also noticed that Nicole had a very strange Facebook status that said, spending time with my three-year-old need this break, with the word break spelled incorrectly. Also, Ariana was not she was two. The message posted was at 1 a.m. on April the 2nd. Now, Nicole's roommate was immediately suspicious. Nicole would not have just left, and she would not have said that her daughter was three in a Facebook post. So what was really going on? The next day, Nicole did not show up for work. And when she didn't show up the day after that, Michael and her roommate got very, very worried. They reached out to Tess and Claire to let them know what was going on, and they both started to panic. The circumstances just didn't seem right. First, Nicole wouldn't miss work. Everything that she had been doing up until this point was so that she could keep her job. 
But Tess said that Nicole could be naive and she couldn't understand why she would meet this mystery person late at night by herself. But once Tess and Claire learned that Nicole was missing, they contacted their other sister, Catherine, and they all went to San Francisco to file a missing persons report. According to Tess, the police, of course, were reluctant to get involved. Nicole was 32 years old, and so she definitely wasn't a priority. The family began searching for Nicole themselves, but there was no sign of Nicole. The fact that Nicole was gone was only made worse by the fact that they had no idea where Ariana was either. Tess suspected that the people who had Ariana were involved. Michael had told her about the ATM withdrawal on the 1st, and so Tess thought that perhaps the sisters who had Ariana told Nicole that she owed them money and that she needed to pay before they gave Ariana back. But Tess had no idea, and it was really only a suspicion. Tess also didn't believe that the messages from that night came from Nicole. Nicole wouldn't have gotten her daughter's age wrong. Tess believed that someone had taken Nicole's phone and was sending the messages pretending to be her. Tess went to the police to tell them about Helena and Solio, but neither Tess, Claire, or her other sister had any information about Helena and Solio besides their names. And they had only found their names by searching through Nicole's Facebook page. Claire had decided to send Solio a friend request, which she had accepted. And she then sent her a message asking her if she knew where Nicole and Ariana were, but she never got a response. Tess and Claire, however, did remember driving Nicole to Helena's and Salio's houses before. And so they went to Oakland, where they lived, to see if they could recognize the houses, which they did. Tess told SF Weekly that she could only remember that Helena lived near a Greyhound station, but it helped her to find the house. They went to Helena's house first, but no one answered the door. And then they went to Salio's house, but no one answered the door there either. Now, even though they still had not talked to either sister, they were happy that they now at least had the woman's addresses, and so they gave them over to the police. The excitement about finding the women's addresses, however, was short-lived, and any hope of finding Nicole safe were shattered. On April 8, 2016, seven days after Nicole was last seen by her roommate, her body was found in a shallow grave at a San Francisco park. Her body had been discovered by a city worker. Nicole was found in the fetal position with a piece of plywood lying on top of her. The wood was spray-painted with some weird symbol. But her cause of death has never been disclosed. We only know that the manner of death was homicide. Nicole's family was devastated. They never imagined that Nicole's story would end this way. Buried in a shallow grave, discarded like garbage. And in the midst of all of this grief was the fact that Ariana was still missing and they had no idea where she was. Once Nicole's body was found, police began investigating her murder and the disappearance of Ariana. Initially, things looked promising. Investigators had been able to get surveillance footage from around the park where Nicole's body was found. And they also interviewed all of Nicole's friends and coworkers, but no one they spoke to knew anything, nor did they have a reason to hurt Nicole. Within a week, police executed a search warrant on both Helena's home and Solio's home. Now, it's not clear what, if any, evidence was collected from the homes, but we do know that Ariana wasn't found. Investigators spoke to both sisters and Helena's husband, who police say were not cooperative at all. 
According to police, they all told several different stories about where Ariana was. Now, during the course of the investigation, however, detectives found out that Helena had actually served six years in prison for murdering the father of her child when she was just 18 years old. The information about Helena being a convicted murderer only made her look more guilty in the eyes of everyone that was following this case. Now, investigators have been tight-lipped about the things that the sisters said to them during their interviews, but some reporting states that they told police that they had not seen Ariana since February when Nicole had picked her up. But no one in Nicole's life believed that. And in fact, Tess wasn't even sure the last time that Nicole had saw Ariana. She just knew that Nicole had not taken Ariana in February. In the weeks following, police continued to pursue leads and interview people about the case, but they were beginning to hit a wall. The FBI did eventually join the San Francisco PD in their investigation, but it didn't lead to any more information, at least any, one, any information that they would publicly release. On May 18th, 2016, Tess and Nicole's co-workers announced that Best Buy was offering a $10,000 reward for any information about Nicole's murder or Ariana's whereabouts. But the reward did not compel anyone to come forward. And soon, the San Francisco Police Department had turned their attention to other more pressing cases. After a year of no new developments or information about Ariana's whereabouts or who killed Nicole, Nicole's family was frustrated. In 2017, police announced that they had executed a search warrant on a car believed to have belonged to Helena. At the time, detectives said that they had executed several search warrants in California and in other states, but they hadn't found anything yet. They said that they had towed a car that they believed to be connected with the crime. They also said that they were making unbelievable strides in the case. Police made available the photos of the wood that was found on top of Nicole and the symbol that had been spray painted on it. Investigators said that the symbol could be a key piece of evidence that they believe the killer brought the wood with him when he disposed of the body. But in the years since, investigators have not released any new information about Nicole's murder or Ariana's disappearance. Police have named Helena and Solio persons of interest in Ariana's disappearance, but they have declined to say anything else and no arrests have been made. In 2020, police announced that they were offering a $100,000 reward for information about Ariana and Nicole. They wouldn't say what prompted the sudden jump in reward money after so many years, but they were hoping to ignite someone's memory or guilt. But as of today, no arrests have been made and no new information has been released. In 2020, in a statement to People magazine, Daryl Stallworth, who is a criminal defense, defense attorney who has been representing Helena since 2016, said that, quote, I appreciate the investigation and the family wanting to do everything they can to find that beautiful young child. My client has and continues to communicate that she had nothing to do with Ariana's disappearance. There wasn't enough information developed by law enforcement to change that position, unquote. Nicole's family and friends have not given up looking for Ariana. They believe that she is still alive, and they believe that the babysitters had something to do with both Ariana's disappearance and Nicole's murder. But all they can do is wait. 
Investigators have repeatedly declined to release information about Nicole's murder or Ariana's disappearance because they say that this is an active and open investigation. However, it does make you question why it's taking so long to get answers. Five years after Nicole was murdered, her daughter Ariana is still missing. Nicole lived a hard life and her short time here on Earth. Her last years were spent trying to find peace and stability. She had met some good people in her life, but she had also met people that took advantage of her kind nature and her naivete. There are so many women that have experienced and are still experiencing the things Nicole did. So many single mothers are unhoused, living with friends or families or in motels. They're struggling to pay bills, find affordable housing and childcare. They are sometimes forced to leave their children with people they barely know or people they don't trust because they need childcare. And those decisions sometimes leave their children in unsafe conditions. If you have never been poor, if you have never lived paycheck to paycheck, if you have never been afraid of where you're going to live or how you're going to pay your rent or your mortgage, then know that you're lucky because so many people have. If you know a single mother, if you know a single father, someone struggling to make ends meet or find childcare, if you can help them, help them. Sometimes people just need a really good person in their life to help them get to the next point. But Ariana could very much be alive. She was just two and a half when her mother was murdered. Ariana could have had her identity changed by her kidnappers and be alive somewhere. She was so young that her memories of her mom by now could have faded and she would have no idea at only eight years old that she had been abducted. But I believe like Nicole's family that whoever killed Nicole also kidnapped Ariana. And that is the key. If they find Nicole's murderer, I believe they will find out what happened to Ariana. My twins are eight years old. Ariana was born the same year they were, just one month before. And as disgusting as it is that someone would take Ariana from her family, I just pray that they're taking care of her and that they didn't hurt her. There's no information about what happened to Nicole's oldest daughter, but Ariana could still be out there. And therefore, this story needs way more attention. When Ariana went missing, she was just two years old. She would be eight now. The FBI has released an updated photo of what they believe Ariana would look like today. And they are still asking the public for help finding Ariana or any information that would lead them to the person who murdered Nicole. As with all of these stories, someone coming forward and telling the truth is the difference maker in solving this case. Like I said, the San Francisco PD says that this case is still open and active, and you can give tips anonymously. So if you know anything, if you remember anything from the night of April 1st, 2016, or Nicole's murder, or if you have any information about the abduction of Ariana Fitz, please contact the San Francisco Police Department. 
How that there you got the right one? Got no daughters, only got sons. Gotta raise them right, gotta teach them life. They mama black, gotta keep in mind. This land we build, got no we in mind. Gotta get some land just for me and mine, so we'll be fine. Use my platform to speak my mind. RP to Levena and to the 55 percent of black murder cases closest that they couldn't find. We keep it moving like nothing happened, then brush it off for the umpteenth time. We come together, then we fall in time. She lifts us up as if she never tired. Always does and never tries. That's why we say one more time. You made a way out of no way. Gave everything you say today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.